0: What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Hope. I'm really excited for today's guest. I've already had the opportunity to read a lot about him, and it's been wonderful getting to know Mr. Becraft, his high school here. If you'd like to just introduce where you teach and how you got involved with the Hope Squad, and then we'll dive right into the questions so we can learn from you.
1: Okay. Uh, I teach ninth grade English and speech at Madison Junior High School here in Rexburg, Idaho, uh, I am an advocate for mental health and suicide prevention and have been for years. So this is actually only our second year as a Hope mm-hmm. Squad, um, but I've been, I've been actively advocating yeah. for, for more conversation in the community for several years now.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, that is what um, gives you, that's what attracted us to you uh, to for an interview so that we can spread some of the ideas, some of the momentum that you have going here. Uh, and it also is what gives you kind of an advantage is it can be a difficult conversation. Sure. Even uh, even for adults, there's still stigma and there's ever-changing culture around mental health. So it's awesome that you've been engaged in that and that you're continuing to learn.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm curious, what is your favorite part now that you're an advisor of the Hope Squad, starting to get used to that job, starting to get some practice? Yeah. What is your favorite part here at Madison Junior High?
1: Ooh, I think probably a couple of things. Number one, uh, my experience has been that the squad, as we train them on self-care on coping on boundaries we always have a handful that come forward and say you know what i am struggling more than i have been letting anyone anyone know and they're really able to learn some life skills to move forward and that's awesome just to watch that it's not that their life suddenly becomes easy Mm -hmm. but you can see that the coping skills start to work for them and they start to to feel better Uh, that's awesome the second thing i think is is seeing the way that the school is reacting that we Mm -hmm. have we have students referring uh, other students that are struggling that aren't even members of the Hope Squad. The, wow. They just know a Hope Squad advisor can help yeah. go talk to them. And we're seeing that already. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect that right out of the gate. So yeah. that's awesome.
0: Absolutely. That's a huge impact on, on culture. That, that's exciting to me as well. And I love what you mentioned about uh, even small changes, simple things. Once you learn one tool, one coping skill. They can help you to change your state when you're feeling that helpless feeling that sometimes sure. uh, our, our mental health can get to, that proves to you the progress is possible. Absolutely. And that is such a game changer. That, that changed my whole life when I first learned that. Yeah. And I was around middle school age when I first learned that. So it's, it's wonderful that you're sharing that message with these kids. Sure. And the, the impact that it's having on the culture is, is really exciting to see. When was the first time that you recognized that this conversation around suicide prevention and around mental health was one that needed to be had here in this community?
1: So, my background, I, I, I am a suicide attempt survivor, mm-hmm. um, and I was in 10th grade when I attempted, and that was in 1992, and it was extremely taboo to talk about yeah. mental illness in those days, more so than now even, uh, and so I never talked about it. and. My, I, I had a cover story for how I was injured and my family kind of mm. went along with that. And, and for decades, that, wow. that was just the way that it was. 2014, uh, my father-in-law took his own life. And that's a, I mean, if there was ever a reality check in life, it's losing someone that close uh, to suicide. And so, to help my wife mm-hmm. uh, through the grieving process, I told her my story and it was the first time I had ever spoken about my attempt with anyone. And it it did two things. Number one, I think it helped her to understand that, that this was not somebody that was cowardly and gave up. This wasn't somebody who was selfish. It was nothing like that. Yeah, you don't have to moralize the, the mental health. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. he lost a battle just like somebody lost a battle to cancer. Yes. And, and I think the other thing it did was made me feel better, just sharing my story took a load off of me that I didn't even realize I had been carrying for all of those years. And so um, pretty much from that following year after I lost him, that's when I went back to college to become a teacher. That's when I, I started working toward suicide prevention. I it, it totally changed the direction of my life because I realized what a need there is. The way that people treated the situation and the family after we lost him was very painful. Uh, there, there are people that just pretend he never lived, including family members. Wow. That just, we don't talk about him mm-hmm. anymore. And there were other people who clearly had the opinion of, well, his soul is lost because he committed murder as his final act. And that's garbage. Mm-hmm. And so as we went through that, and I saw the pain from some of the stigmas yeah. out there, uh, I thought I've, there's got to be something that I can do to change the dialogue. And yes. It has to be... And so since then, I mean, I'm a dog with a bone. I don't give up. I don't turn in the other direction. So I've just been on it since then to, number one, be loud, and number two, make sure that we keep the conversation
0: moving. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I want to apologize that you had to go through that both for yourself and with your father-in-law. I know that's really, really, uh, I know that that must have been a very very difficult thing for for you to experience. And secondly, I want to thank you and acknowledge you for taking something so hard and so difficult and turning it into something that's so beneficial and so good you for be. other people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, there's situations, particularly uh, after a suicide has occurred, that there's no, there's no sunshiny way to look at it, Yeah. but we still can do our best. You bet. And when we implement that, that support element that you talked about with sharing with your wife. Yeah. Uh, that really can change things in a big way. And it can free us. Uh, and, and those struggles, like, like we mentioned before, when we, when we get support and when we learn skills, we're still going to struggle. Yeah. But the difference is there's hope
1: Absolutely.
0: when we help each other. So thank you so much for being an example of that Sure. Uh, for all of us. Uh, why, in your experience, is it so difficult for us to express our harder emotions or when we might be struggling with our mental health?
1: Here, here's my opinion, uh, I'm obviously Nobody not an knows. expert. Nobody knows, it's a mystery. It, right? but, but my opinion, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, somebody breaks their arm, mm-hmm. you can put a cast on it and six weeks from now they're gonna be okay. Yeah. Somebody is, is struggling from psoriasis, you can put a cream on it and sure. in a matter of weeks they're gonna be okay. The flu, I mean you get the idea. Yeah. When it comes to mental illness, there's no quick fix. Mm-hmm. And there are times when people are able to truly overcome it But for most people, that's something that, excuse me, that they're gonna struggle with Mm -hmm. moving forward. And I think that's terrifying for everyone. And especially when you look at the statistics, Mm -hmm. Uh, one in three adults are are diagnosably mentally ill right now and don't get help, right? Only a third of those, half of people in their lifetime will experience a mental health concern, Mm -hmm. but only a third are ever gonna get help. And so I think it's scary to everyone that, that we can't just fix this, sure. and, so and I think it's human nature to just maybe if I ignore it, it'll <laughs> go away. yeah, and there's nothing I can do to fix it or help, so talking about it just makes me feel feelings, mm. and feelings are scary, and so we just't we just don't go there. yeah, but the truth is, I, when we look at the the science behind it and the mm-hmm. statistics, the more we talk about it, the better off everyone is. yeah we just have to shift the the stigma in the community to start talking. If we can do that, I mean, I think about, we lose people in this community to suicide every year, just like every community. And if if we lose one person to suicide, as far as I'm concerned, we're failing. We have to do better. But we lose several every year, including even in the school district, we lose students sometimes Mm -hmm. um, to suicide. And when it happens, it seems like the community is very willing to just forget about them. But if somebody's struggling from cancer, then we rally behind them and we have mm-hmm. assemblies and we have, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yes. And so I look at the, the students and the members of our community that are struggling with yeah. mental illness, they see that. So if we pretend the person that died from suicide yeah. never existed, all we 're doing is confirming to them you 're a terrible person because you 're thinking about suicide, yeah. and if you go that route, we will pretend you never existed, and to somebody that 's in that state, that's devastating yes and so you look at somebody that dies from a car crash or some other some other way, yeah. they 're all horrific ways to lose somebody. Mm-hmm. But we tend to put them on a pedestal and and only talk about the greatest things about that person. Sure, suicide we just don't. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think it's fear that we can't just fix it, and so we're afraid to even look at it. We pretend yeah. that it it doesn't exist.
0: From another ex- non-expert myself, yeah, I, I really appreciated that perspective, and uh, of course it's human nature when we come up against a seemingly insurmountable issue, then it's hard to find hope, but with the Hope Squad program and with really, when you boil down the Hope Squad program, the more that I learn about it, the simpler it becomes and it becomes about being a friend. That's it. And that's the beautiful thing.
1: Human connection. We can learn
0: to be a better friend through Hope Squad and that is so, so powerful. And lives absolutely do deserve to be celebrated.
1: You bet. Uh,
0: When when people survive difficult things or when they lose the battle, like you said. Sure. It's still a, They're very much human. They're very much still worthy of of our love and our remembrance. And that can be very beneficial. I think that if if you wouldn't mind, again, just sharing your perspective on uh, respectful ways to memorialize those who we lose to suicide. It is a difficult thing because we want to make sure uh, to uh, avoid um, situations where sometimes there is a... People call them copycats, but I don't believe that's sure. a real thing. But yeah. when there is uh, sort of a domino effect, which can happen a lot. A lot yeah. of times a, yeah. a suicide yeah. can impact a, a community very poorly, and it can be hard for those who are survivors sure. someone they knew who died by suicide. So, of sorry, I, I made that question kind of a mess. No, no, I'm with uh, you.
1: Um, so, I think that, well, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, mm-hmm. If we lose somebody to suicide... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is when we just don't talk about yeah. how they died, and I don't think that we should be having detailed conversations about how they completed suicide. Mm. But I think it's not an un uh, an inappropriate thing to mm-hmm. say. This is a, this is someone who lost the battle with mental illness and died by suicide. Yeah, and if we can even get to the point where we can say those words, that helps the community. Yes. Right? And you know, it's so obvious when there's a funeral and, and they died by suicide because no one's willing to talk about the way they died. Yeah. And you know immediately, this is a person that completed suicide and you immediately go, uh-oh, now it's dark and it's ugly and, and it's, it's uncomfortable for everyone. It's the so, unknown, it's fear. Yeah. yeah, so I think the first step, we just have to acknowledge that they lost the battle to mental illness and they died yeah. by suicide and that's okay. Yeah. Again, not fixate on how they how they completed yeah. suicide. And just no assigning say, a fault either. Yeah. yeah. Neither yeah. to so us, just, the survivors,
0: or even to that's the person it. who... They just yeah.
1: lost their battle with mental illness, and we're going to miss them for that. And secondly, I think that when somebody dies by suicide, we have to, like you said, we celebrate their life the same that we would mm-hmm. any other person. Yeah. If a person dies by cancer and suddenly they never did anything wrong in their life, We've all seen that. yeah, And that's a good thing. I love that about human nature, that we go, you know what? <laughs> I want to remember the, the good times. Things. They're yeah. awesome, right? Yes. Now, what an incredible person. I hope people
0: remember but, me that yes, way. Yes, <laughs> but,
1: but when it comes to someone that dies by suicide, mm. then their life is just, it's an ugly, uncomfortable feeling to mm. even look back on their life. And I think that's it's a tragedy yeah. uh, for everyone. So I think number one, we admit they died by suicide and it's okay. Because it's nothing to be ashamed or humiliated about. They just lost a battle with mental illness. And Mm -hmm. then, secondly, that we treat their life with the same respect and Mm -hmm. dignity that we would any other person, regardless how they pass. Yeah. And with my father in law, uh, we've seen a lot of close friends and, and family members that, as soon as his name comes up, the conversation just immediately stops and it becomes very solemn and. And uncomfortable for everyone. And so now they just don't talk about him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm not okay with that. He's one of the best people that I've ever yeah. known in my life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I refuse to forget his name. I refuse to yeah. forget all of the amazing things that he did. And so I'll, I'll never let that go. Mm-hmm. But I can look at him. My, my kids now mm-hmm. are, are growing up. Yeah. Uh, it was 2014 when we lost him. And so my kids, my oldest was 13 years old. Um, my youngest was only three, so he doesn't really remember his grandpa very much, but the others do somewhat, but an example today, we were elk hunting. Okay. My son got one. It's his first elk. Oh wow. And it was a really cool experience. And once we started working on the elk gutting it, it's Uh a lot of work. And he said, I didn't know how hard this was. And I said, you know, your papa always said nothing ruins a good hunt like shooting something. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then we talk about him because he should know the great sage advice yes, yeah. that, his, that his papa had when he was alive. And I think that's all it is. We, we give the same respect to those people that we would anybody else. Yeah. And then our community can start to go, you know what? Maybe it's okay that I'm feeling these things. Maybe it doesn't make me a bad person yeah. that I feel it because the community is aware of it and everybody seems to be okay talking about that. Yeah. That's a huge shift. I mean, that's a major yeah. paradigm shift that's going to take real work. Yeah,
0: yeah. But Ve- we're going to get there. It's very simple. Yeah. But it is v- very difficult to do. And it, it's going to take uh, quite a long time. And that's why I'm glad that we have dedicated sources of hope, such sure. as yourself and the sure. members of your squad. Agreed. And, and, yeah. and your kids as well. Um, man, there, there was so much good stuff in there that I'd like to just touch on a few parts of it. I think perhaps part of the reason that we are so lost with regards to what to do after a suicide is because we don't even understand death in general as human beings. We don't react to that typically very well. Sure. But uh, a principle that you mentioned in that story is that our lives, no matter how they end, each each person is going to to die at some point. And that's not really the end. Your Mm -hmm. legacy, your essence, your soul, whatever you want to believe, that continues. And that example with your son, I think, is a beautiful way to memorialize into yeah. it makes it last forever
1: and his papa is still influencing him yes. even though he's not here anymore Yes, yeah. that tells you how great of a man he was so yeah that's it
0: absolutely and and even though similar to your experience where you went through a hard thing and now it is it's still hard but it's benefiting other people sure that 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 can still be part of our discussion part of our conversation and even though uh, mental health can be really difficult conversations are often underestimated in their power to Agreed. heal, their power to bring things to the surface that uh, need to be addressed with further resources whether yeah. that be the counselors whether that be any of those resources that the hope squad is set up perfectly to connect us with. Sure. Um I think one of the most the most disempowering, humiliating, scary feelings of my life was when I was growing up, when I was a young kid and I knew someone who I cared about who was struggling with their mental health, and I didn't know where to turn.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't know where that source of hope was. And now since learning about Hope Squad and being a member of the Hope Squad, the absolute opposite has been my experience. Yeah. The most empowering feeling that I've ever <laughs> felt, or at least high on the list, is when someone who I care about is struggling, and I want to help them, and I know exactly you where to turn. Oh, I know
1: how to do it. Yeah. Exactly, Agreed. yeah.
0: So th- there is hope. And sometimes that road to hope is a long road, but we can do it together. Agreed. Um, you, have, you have fought suicide in quite a lot of creative ways. <laughs> I loved reading about uh, your run to tomorrow and, and some other events. And just your attitude towards mental health and creating that conversation, I think, is very new and it's very ingenuitive. And, and that's exciting to me. Um, would you share just a little bit about where your inspiration comes from for these creative ideas sure. around mental health? Uh, so,
1: it, most of them happen fairly organically. It's not like I sit down and say, okay, what's going to be my big idea for this year? Sure. <laughs> it just kind of comes along. But uh, when I was young, back when I was still in decent shape...
0: Oh, I, come on. <laughs> I came up with the goal
1: to run a marathon, uh-huh. and I decided I'm going to do it by the time I'm 45 years old. Mm. And then, frankly, I didn't think about it again for a long, long time. <laughs> and as I started pushing in the community to open up this dialogue mm-hmm. for suicide, it came to my mind one day that, you know what? I'm getting close to 45. Yeah. Maybe I really take advantage of this goal mm-hmm. and turn it, turn it into something. So uh, I sat down and I talked with my wife about it one night, mm-hmm. and the wheels just started spinning. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, here's an opportunity. And the, the concept was mm-hmm. I was way too old and out of shape to be running a marathon. Uh, I have I have an autoimmune disease Crohn's disease that I've had oh. since 1991 that was part of what led to my attempt okay. uh, when I was a sophomore but I was diagnosed with arthritis in my knees the first mm-hmm. time when I was 15 years old and oh so wow. my knees were terrible so coming into the marathon I was already bone on bone you're an underdog on my knees yeah and so the concept wow. was here you have <coughs> an old person that has no business running because his mm. knees are shot and I thought, this might be crazy enough to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. If I can get enough people involved with this, yeah. it might be crazy enough that they say, mm-hmm. have you heard about Mr. Bcraft? He's nuts. And then you're yeah. going to talk about mental health. Right? Yes. So the the idea, I called it Run to Tomorrow mm-hmm. because of the, the obvious concept that yeah. days are hard sometimes. And if you can just keep running until tomorrow, yes. and then tomorrow you keep doing it till the next right. day, and you just keep on mm-hmm. running then you can make it. And so instead of doing a a traditional marathon where we had a starting point Mm -hmm. and then everybody's just there when I finish, the idea was to get people to help me along the way. So we ran it in the town Uh and I did loops that were either three, four, or five miles long. And then I would come back to a central park Mm -hmm. each time that I finished a loop. And every time I came in, different people from the community would join me to run the new loop. And the whole idea is that I couldn't do it on my own ever. I would never, I would have quit halfway through yeah. because it's painful. And With I would have the just bones stopped. rubbing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was bad. Um, but if enough people help me, mm-hmm. I can do it. Wow. And it was so powerful. There, there were a lot of people that came, uh, some really powerful moments. Uh, if, if you don't mind, I'll share oh, please. Uh, yeah. one moment. I, one of my old students mm-hmm. um, came to run, yeah. and he wasn't prepared at all. He hadn't practiced at all. He was wearing jeans and loafers. I mean, he had no business <laughs> yes. running, but he said, I want to run a loop with you. Mm-hmm. He ended up running like eight or nine miles. Wow. And, and By the time he stopped, I was like, you need to stop <laughs> running. You're going to hurt yourself. And he it said, was you didn't... telling him. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, no, I just want to be part of this. And I said, yeah. you know what? I love having you here. Just don't hurt yourself. That's not what this is about. Yeah. But as we were running the last loop together... Uh, my daughter was running with me, um, and and he was running with us. Mm-hmm. And he said, "We're running along." And he said, "Mr. B. Craft, do you mind if I interview you while we're running?" And I said, "Oh wow, okay. I don't know how it'll sound, but sure." <laughs> so he took out his phone and, and he just turned on the video and started interviewing yeah. me. And and he asked the typical questions you would think of: Why sure. are you doing the marathon? What yeah. you hope to achieve? You know those things. Um, but then he said, "Can I share a personal story with you?" And I said, "Of course you can." And he said, do you remember last year? He was in my class the prior year. He said, do you remember last year when I was absent a couple of days? Mm-hmm. And I said, I do, which sounds crazy, but he never missed school. Yeah. He missed two days. And I remember those days that he was gone because I thought to myself, he never misses class. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Two days later, he's back. Uh, and I could tell that he wasn't 100% okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I talked to him, excuse me, a few times. And, and he said, I'm just working through some, some stuff. I'm mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he told me that when I wasn't there those two days, uh, that's because the night before I attempted suicide Mm -hmm. and he said, I took, I drank a whole bottle of pills and he said, the next morning I woke up and I didn't know what to do because I didn't plan on waking up. Mm -hmm. And he said, when I woke up, I was super sick. And so I just told my parents I was sick and I stayed home. And then he said, when I came back to school, That was the first day that you announced to the class that you were going to run your marathon. And he said, I'm here today because you told us that you care. And he said, just knowing that there's one person out there that cares is enough to keep me alive. So I just stopped running and said, are you kidding me right now? Give me a hug. Yes, (laughs) that's a... It was so powerful. And we you never expect to actually get to hear the results you never really get to hear it when you're helping someone so to actually hear it and realize that he's alive because I'm I'm pushing this narrative I would do this for the next million years just for him yeah, and it's it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. So the message got out to the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it went bigger than Far it than. did. But yes, please. If you're listening to this interview,
0: that's the better one. Go find that. Go find that yes. wherever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, and I wish it just got huge. And, mm. you know, I struggled. It took me a long time to get the school district to sign on yeah. because of old stigmas. They were afraid right. that if we talk about it, we might give somebody sure. an idea. And that's not true, Yeah, but it's an old stigma. And so, mm. I mean, it just took a long time to get momentum. But even then, a couple hundred people were there. Yeah, And there were dozens and dozens of people that mm. ran with me in the marathon. Mm. And that was, I, I can't say for them, but for me, that was life-changing. Yes. Yeah. February, I got both my knees replaced, so I have okay. brand new knees. <laughs> so, and now they're smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll never run again. <laughs> but I'll, I'm sure that oh. I will come up with other huge, yes. crazy challenges. Because mm-hmm. for me, I thrive on the challenge. It's all about yeah. It's p- telling everybody, I don't care how hard it is. You can do it yeah. if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. So, wow. Uh, that.
0: Thank you, Mr. B. crap That's so Absolutely. beautiful on so many levels. Yeah. The symbolism there, uh, and just the. Not not only the symbolism of needing support as you run along, and how underrated perseverance can be when we're struggling sure. with these challenges that sometimes can last, a long time or even maybe our whole lives. But, it was quite literally happening right as you ran. <laughs> the support that we're talking yeah. about, the the engagement, the conversation that that's so important. And uh, I don't I don't know that student that you're referencing. Yeah. But. I am sure that somebody somewhere is going to be conducting a similar interview with them somewhere down the road. Yeah. Because you have l- ignite ignited something, uh, started a legacy, been the catalyst. Sure. Of of some great progress, and I'm sure there are are people who, in your story woven into the tapestry of your life who've sure. done that for you. Absolutely. So yeah.
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: that's so beautiful that we can make those those connections.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, now I want to I want to turn to the other advisors and adults who are concerned about the young people in their community in particular yeah. uh, who, are, who are listening to this and maybe they're fighting similar battles with the old stigma with sure. um, the way that things have always been done or used to be done. What, what are some tools
1: that you have found useful in
0: changing the conversation?
1: So as a teacher, um, I bring mental health into so many of my lessons yeah. <laughs> as an English and speech teacher mm-hmm. because the truth is the, the kids are struggling yeah. and COVID did nothing to help us at all. It right. made it so much worse. Mm-hmm. And you can look around the room and you can just see it in mm-hmm. their eyes mm-hmm. that when we start talking about it, you can tell how many are, are struggling. So number one, I include it in my daily conversations. Yeah. That I make it a normal thing to talk about. Yeah. Not just a, we're going to event, we're going to talk yeah. about mental health. It becomes part of my regular yes. conversation. Well,
0: and, and you don't bring it in. It was already there. Yeah. You just address it. Exactly. You just shed exactly. light on it.
1: And hopefully it helps the the kids to know, mm-hmm. here's how you talk about mental health. Yeah. And I'm, I am an open book with my classes. Mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are a lot of teachers that look at me and go, are you nuts? You yeah. shouldn't tell them everything you tell them, but in my mind, how am I supposed to expect them to be honest with me about how they're doing and be willing to get help from other people if Mm. I'm not willing to be honest with them? Yeah. So holding this, this persona of I'm an adult, so I have it all figured out just makes them feel worse because they haven't figured it out yet. Mm. So, so number one, I make it part of my conversation. Number Mm. two, I show them how to address it when you're struggling. If I'm not doing well, I'm pretty open about, here's something I'm struggling with right now. What do you guys think about it? And then I allow them to give me advice.
0: You receive the support.
1: Absolutely. And then I do the same for them. And Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not, this is not a, you know, a group session where everybody talks about their deepest, darkest secrets. It's not that. But it just makes it regular conversation. Mm -hmm. And then number two, uh, I'm outrageous. In the things that I say and do, and yeah. and I do it because I mm-hmm. I know that it causes people to pause and look around and go, yeah. did he just say what I think he just said, yeah. and and it's very effective. It works well with my mm-hmm. students. My students, I think, enjoy my class because they just yeah. never know where I'm where gonna go. what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so and I think they enjoy that. But I do it in the community a lot, and I say the things that people are thinking. Yeah. That just aren't okay to say out loud. Sure. And I'm the one that's being loud about it. And yeah. so, so I think that's, that's how we do it. Our, we have a, a difficult time in Rexburg because we don't have enough mental health professionals. Mm. So if in this town, if you were to call up a therapist and just say, I just want to sit down because I'm struggling, mm-hmm. you're probably six months out. Wow. Right? If you're in a crisis moment where you're thinking of self-harm, they'll get you in right now. Okay, right? But if you're just, I'm just not doing well, and I sure. need to talk to somebody, you're probably six months out. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to change anytime soon. We're a small community, mm-hmm. and we just don't have the resources to change that yeah. quickly. We're working on it, yeah. but we don't have it now. Which means that if we're going to make a difference in this community, the community has to help itself. Yeah, because We can't rely on the half a dozen therapists that are available in yeah. all of not for the time being. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so that's where I think we have to come from. There are, we do have great resources. We have three counselors in the junior high that are phenomenal. Good. And yeah. they are so incredible yeah. at coping skills, boundaries, you mm-hmm. know, those types of things, the things that the kids need right now. Yes. And, yeah. and I think that the more we can teach that to our students, mm-hmm. they excuse me, their the students will teach that to their parents. Yeah. And that sounds insane. <laughs> I no, know, but it's. But it's true. Yeah. Uh, the Madison Cares is the mental health wing of our school district. And, okay. And I was talking to one of the people from Madison Cares, and they do, with the eighth grade in our school, once mm-hmm. a year, they do a week of mental health um, lessons with them. Okay. And uh, they have a survey that the parents mm-hmm. have to give a, an okay for the students mm-hmm. to take. That's just an overall mental health well-being survey. Sure. And every time they do that, they find a handful of students that are in a crisis moment mm-hmm. right now. And so they they get with them immediately yeah. and get them the resources that they need. So mm-hmm. one of them was telling me a story about a student that that she uh, had suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and she had plans in place mm-hmm. and she had figured out how she just hadn't put a timeline on it yeah. of, of what day. Mm-hmm. And her her plan was to jump off a bridge, mm-hmm. uh, and that's how she was going to do it. Yeah. And so he talked to her about you know who do you go to when you're in your having your worst day, and she talked about some of her friends. And he said, I noticed you didn't say your parents. Um, Why not? And she said, I told my mom two weeks ago that I was planning on jumping off a bridge. And she said, go get my keys. I'll do it with you. And so the message there is that we can't look at this community and go, you know what? It's just the youth. We have to figure out how to help the youth because the truth is the adults are struggling just as much. Yeah. So it comes down to we have to have enough training, enough skill set mm-hmm. training, life skills of how to do, how to cope and how to set up boundaries with with the our students that that starts to spread in the community. Yeah. Right. And we have we do events that mm-hmm. that are for the the adults. Madison Cares hosts. Uh, a suicide panel, uh, right? Uh, yeah, they did a panel okay. at the My Ascension. They also do a mental health first aid class about oh. once a month. Gotcha, um, And that's free and it's open to, to the community. Mm-hmm. We're still seeing that we don't get a huge turnout for yeah. those things because it's just not... It's still a scary, uncomfortable yeah. thing. So, so I think we just keep going in all of those directions. Yes. And the more we can make the conversation normal, the more likely it is that we're going to be able to get help to the people that need it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Some people... I mean... It might seem like it's outrageous for you and I to meet and just talk about suicide and mental health today. Sure. But what's really outrageous is that a school, a place of learning, a place where it's all focused on education, on your brain, um, can often disregard the, sure. f- the foundational health that makes all of that possible. That's it. And so it, it's really important to make sure that... And all of our health is all very intertwined.
1: Yeah.
0: With, with exercise, with the health of your body, you mentioned that that was kind of involved in... Yeah. in um, the struggles that you went through with your sure. mental health because sure. it all goes together it does and uh, the, the one thing that we know that well there are a lot of things we can do to help to help our, our health all around but one of the most powerful is that friendship that connection element you bet. Um, for somebody who is apprehensive to even take that first step of talking about mental health or maybe even just talking to somebody who they're afraid to talk to sure um, just typical social anxiety or social appreh- yeah. apprehension, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what has enabled you to have confidence in going big and doing these crazy, mm-hmm. outrageous things yeah. that bring a lot of attention to where it needs to be? And how can you apply that to kind of a smaller situation
1: where people just need to talk? So I think for me, uh, initially when I started talking about this publicly, my thought was, um, who cares if I if I feel some feelings and if I feel... Um, the pain, if I go through that again, if it means that I'm helping the community. Yeah. And very quickly, I found out that it was healing me at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in the best position that I've been in yeah. since I was a teenager because Congratulations. I these things. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, and I should I should point out, this was not, I'm not doing better only because I did these things. I also got professional help through a therapist. Yeah. And, and learn some skills and address some things yeah. that I had never addressed before. So I don't want everybody to think, hey, if you just meet the right person that's really super excitable yeah. and animated, it'll make your life better. That's not true. Yeah. It, but hopefully this becomes a catalyst that mm-hmm. people have those conversations. Yes. Uh, my goal with the Hope Squad uh, members mm-hmm. is to to teach them. They're already seen as being good friends. Leaders. That's why they were nominated. Yes. Right? Right. They're nominated because people see them as someone that they would be willing to go to when they're struggling. So I've been trying to, to teach them how to be the best friends to every mm-hmm. person, period. It yeah. doesn't matter whether you know them or not. You be the one that has right. the courage to walk up and introduce yourself. Yeah. And how say, big I'm. is the circle and of people that
0: you support? That's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then ideally, mm-hmm. then a person that's struggling doesn't have to be the one that breaches that that line of fear to yeah. talk to someone. Yeah. Instead, we have someone that comes to them first. And they start the and conversation. They, yeah. yeah, and then they realize this person actually just cares about me. Yeah. Then they can talk. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, I don't really care if they talk to an adult, an advisor, a principal, mm-hmm. or their best friend, their parents. It doesn't yeah. matter. I just want them to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's the ones that aren't talking to anybody that I'm most concerned about. Mm-hmm. Because they feel alone and I want them to know that they're not and so if they talk to their best friend then ideally if we're doing our job right as a hope squad
0: it gets to then
1: that person knows we have to tell somebody yes and so that's the idea is to change the culture And then they can just talk to their best friend that they're already comfortable talking mm-hmm. to. So it's not scary uh, any more than it has to be. I mean, it's right. a hard conversation. Yes. But, but when it's your best friend that you know they care about you, mm-hmm. maybe that's the time when you, you decide, here's somebody that I can trust. Yeah. And then hopefully that person knows, wait a minute, I can talk to Mr. Beecraft. I can talk yeah. to the counselors. I can talk to the principal uh, mm-hmm. because we have Hope Squad and they will get them help. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's the goal.
0: Yeah. Even if it means... Uh, to be the catalyst for that, you have to look silly, True. or you have to embarrass yourself, or totally you okay have to do something that. uncomfortable. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm even as a 18 year old, not as fit as you at 45, <laughs> and I didn't want to run a marathon. But what I did, I was student body president at my school. I told my school if they would raise a thousand dollars for suicide prevention, that I would shave my head. Oh, there you go. So. Um, a lot of the similar lines of thought. It was a small sacrifice. Yeah, something for me. outrageous
1: that just draws attention. It got attention,
0: yeah. yeah. And we raised that $1,000, and I shaved my head and we matched for a little while before go. I knew there you. There <laughs> um, But more importantly than that, I hope that I started maybe 1,000 conversations. You bet. I hope that perhaps um, I planted a seed for somebody in my school who felt like it wasn't okay
1: yeah.
0: to show that they were struggling. And in reality, we're not asking you to run a marathon. We're not asking you to shave your head. Yeah. What we're asking you to do is talk to the people you care That's about. That's it. And Just be there yes. for the people you care about. Yeah, yeah. With the people you're close with, if you'll move just a little bit closer than yeah. you already are. That's it. Uh, so that they don't have that feeling of feeling alone. So it, instead, they have that profound source of hope yes. that we can be for each other. I really encourage you to do that. And I know um, that as each one of you give your best effort for that, not only will it be beneficial for those around you, but like Mr. Beecraft has shared with us, it will really be good for you as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Uh, and no matter where your mental health is, it can get better. Uh, and Absolutely. we experience that as we serve and as we work together. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. Mr. Absolutely. Weber. Yeah. Thank uh, ple- you for ple- having me. Pleasure to meet you, man. Yeah, It's been great. The, the last question that I have is where does your hope fr- come from? It could be a, a person that you've met. could be an experience. Um... Where do you find hope?
1: You know, it's probably a, a series of people yeah. uh, that I look to and, and go, you know what, the, the interesting thing is when I look at the people that, that I would turn to when I'm struggling, mm-hmm. most of them are broken. Really? Right. And, and it's not that I turn to them because they can relate. That's not it. No. Um, I turn to them because I know there's no judgment there. Mm-hmm. And I know that there, there, there is love that's based on nothing other than they care about me. Right, mm-hmm. and the truth is i 'm probably doing better than most of them mentally yeah but but they are my inspiration. Why? Because every day they choose to get up and get out of bed, mm-hmm. every day they choose to go out and live their life, even though I know it 's hard and they 're having a tough time, yeah, they still choose to do it, and it still it breaks my heart that sometimes they feel alone, yeah, so I work really hard to make sure they don 't feel that yes. right. <laughs> But, but that's really my inspiration. Uh, my wife and I ride motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our happy place. When we yeah. go on dates, it's on a motorcycle. That's awesome. Right? Uh, and there's a group of misfits that we ride all yeah. over the country with. And they are just the wackiest, weirdest <laughs> group of people. Yeah. But they're my family. We just mm-hmm. call them biker family. Yeah, and, you found belonging there. Yeah, and, and they were from the day that we met them. And it's, yeah. it's the perfect example of what we could be if we get rid of the judgment and we get rid of the class... Categories yeah. that we fit ourselves in. If we just get back to a human being, loving another human being yes. just because they are a human being, from the day we met them, we were just part of the family. Wow. And that was it. And there was never, like there was a getting to know you period. Sure. But it was from the premise of, hey, you're one of us now. The love so came even before. Yeah, let's yeah. get to know you because you're, wow. you're one of us. So we should yeah. know you better. And it, that's how it's always been. And the truth is, mm-hmm. if I'm really struggling I'll take a biker on the street before I would most of yes. the people around me every day. There's a lesson to be learned. Yes. Uh, and those wow. are people that most people go, ooh, they're scary. They're not. Yeah. They're not. Uh, are there? Sure, right? And there's people in every, in every category. Mm-hmm. But it's the unconditional, unqualified, yeah. no need to make yourself worthy of love, kind yeah. of love that they exhibited that becomes my inspiration. Wow. That you can choose to love any person, they don't have to earn your love. Yeah, you can look at them and just choose. Yeah, I love you because I do, and that's enough. Because then you're willing to actually do whatever it takes to help that person, and that's something that everyone can do. Our society is going away from that. We're going mm-hmm. to automatic judgment and harsh criticism of every person because their hair is the wrong style, or they, yeah, yeah something they said that we can take out of context mm-hmm. and crucify them for it because it gets us political points. I mean, all of the sure. division is designed to give power to the people that want the power, mm-hmm. but none of it's designed to help us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be the opposite of that and choose to not have division regardless. Wow. And that changes society. I mean, that, yes. that type yeah. of thing changes the entire mm-hmm. dialogue. And that, yeah. that's my, the people I look up to most mm-hmm. did that for me. With no qualifiers. And it was amazing. Yeah. Wow.
0: That is so awesome. What a community. Yeah. Uh, that's what that's what community really means. Throughout this conversation a couple times I've thought about the quote. Uh, if you want to change the world, change yourself. That's it. Or heal the world, heal, heal, heal yourself. Whatever variation of that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a powerful testament to your unique power wherever you are yeah. with the people right around you. Uh, if you start loving today then the world has changed today.
1: That's
0: it. So thanks so much, Mr. B. craft, yeah, for, for everything that you've shared. And thank you for uh, being a source of hope for your Hope Squad students,
1: yeah.
0: um, for those lives in particular that you've gotten the tender mercy to know that you've touched. Absolutely. For your family, yeah. uh, for this community, and, and for me as I've gotten to know you. You're, you're, you're an awesome guy. Thank you. And, uh appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your hope with us Absolutely. today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.